Every American is acutely aware of the issues surrounding our health care system. We know miracles can happen, but we find ourselves bombarded by conflicting information and are uncertain of what and whom we can trust. We have some of the best medical care in the world for those who can afford it. Incredible new drugs that change people's lives but can be very costly. Many of the best doctors the world has ever seen, but not all are perfect. That's why Dr. Steve Feldman created the show, Getting Better Health Care, to help walk us through the labyrinth, helping us understand how to take better care of ourselves and to better understand the challenges, issues, controversies, and complexities of our health care system as it exists and as it could be. For better health care and a better health care system, listen to the doctor. Now, here's Steve. Welcome to Getting Better Health Care on webtalkradio.net. I'm the host of the program, Dr. Steve Feldman, founder of the DrScore.com doctor rating website. On our show last week, we spoke to Dr. Cynthia Kelker, author of the book 101 Ways to Save Money on Healthcare. Dr. Kelker talked to us about saving money through preventive healthcare services, helping guide us on what healthcare services we need and what healthcare services we don't need. But you know, many people don't have access to the healthcare system. They may find it intimidating. On today's show, we talk about a unique resource called the Family Van. It's one of many mobile clinics in the country, and this one functions in the Boston area and was given an award from the American Medical Association, one of their Pride in the Profession Awards. Today on the show, we speak to the founder of the Family Van program, Dr. Nancy Oriel. She's Associate Professor of Anesthesiology at Harvard. Dr. Oriel, thank you so much for being on the show today. I um, I'm familiar just briefly with this concept of the family van that you've done. This is an award-winning program um, that designed to promote well-being, prevent chronic disease, improve healthcare access. What are what are some of the needs in the community that you're trying to address? Well, um, Steve, it's really great to be here, and thank you for inviting me. that's a very good question, and actually, I, if it's okay, I will expand on the question. Wonderful. Uh, because uh, the question of, you know, what are the unmet medical needs, the fact is the needs are not just medical, um, and the program doesn't just um, deal with medical issues. Uh, people, uh, especially as they're living their lives out in any community, all people, their lives are, you know, a complicated interplay of their health, um, their work, their education, the food that's available to them, their knowledge base. So there's this compl- complex world that actually determines their, you know, their health needs. Um, so the family van doesn't try to just sort of find disease and, you know, refer. It actually looks at uh, the entire spectrum of, the, you know, of people's health um, and their lives in the community. Then the other question is, which community? Um, the Family Van itself is a wonderful program. I love it. I've been working with it for 18 years. But there are probably 2,000 other vans across the country, all of them doing um, work similar to ours in that they are mobile clinics, but all of them doing extremely uh, individualized work because each of them is addressing a community with its own specific set of needs. So that's a long story to say we are addressing, I would say, the holes in um, the health, uh, sort of in the health resources in, for the community that we serve. 
Uh, we particularly serve uh, uh, Roxbury, Roxbury, Dorchester, and Mattapan in Boston. And obviously we're in the shadow of some of the, you know, the greatest teaching hospitals and medical schools. Um, so you'd wonder why there are any unmet medical needs. Yeah, you know, I'm just wondering, are you suggesting there's holes in the American healthcare system? Well, it, it depends on how you, what, again, healthcare system. Um, I would say uh, the healthcare system does a great job of managing disease, of identifying, curing disease, but I would argue that um, there was a whole lot that happened in someone's life before their, whatever is bothering them has become a disease. Mm-hmm. So there's the whole issue of prevention and screening, the whole issue of education, of you know even knowing how to eat properly. We had a person come on the van recently who uh, was you know told that he needed to worry about his cholesterol, and uh, you know so he understood that you know that um, eating um, you know that eating uh, red meat was not the right answer. So he decided to eat fried chicken instead. Um, and that wasn't, you know, he just didn't understand that frying the chicken wasn't going to solve his problem. Um, and, you know, just having that conversation, here's somebody trying to do the right thing, but just doesn't actually know enough. And whoever had, was advising him didn't have the time to actually um, dig down into how he led his life to come up with better solutions. So I get the sense that what you're saying is that our current healthcare system, the traditional healthcare system, does a reasonable job handling acute illnesses, and that at least in your community, the the, the mobile clinic needs to address other areas, or is it some of both? Um, well, clearly, if uh, if a person doesn't know how to access the healthcare system. Um, doesn't have insurance to get into the healthcare system or has insurance that's not adequate, um, then whether the healthcare system is adequate or not is irrelevant because they, the, that person can't access it. Um, so that's part of the problem. The other part is that there, there are things that are better managed outside of the healthcare system. Um, you know, Weight Watchers is extremely successful. Um, I haven't heard of too many visits to the doctor's office that actually inspired somebody to help someone lose weight and stay, you know, stay at the new weight. There's something about um, managing your problems, uh, understanding your problems within the context of your whole community and your friends and a network of, you know, knowledgeable neighbors that actually allows you to change behavior in ways, you know, a single visit every six months or a year to even the best doctor isn't going to be able to do. Very good. I, I may I may want to come back to that towards the end of the show, and um, well, maybe we can address it right now. Is the is it that being out there in the community is what's the real advantage of the system, or is it offering a kind of medical care that could be offered in doctors' offices, but doctors' offices just aren't doing it? Well, so again, that's an awesome question. Um, over the years, uh, as I said, the van's 18 years old, and um, during many, you know, the early years of the van, uh, Dr. Julie Richman, the former Surgeon General, was one of my advisors. And, you know, he watched our numbers grow from, you know, to the point where we were seeing sort of 6,000 people a year. And, you know, here we are, our, uh, we collaborate with all the neighborhood health centers, we collaborate with all of the organizations in Boston, you know, we work with the hospitals, but we're still out there and people are still choosing to come to us. 
And so he kept encouraging me to figure out why a van. Why were we succeeding in a community like Boston where everything you need was within walking distance? And so the question has always been why these vans succeed. And then when we figure that out, you know, he suggested that we could share our knowledge with the broader community. And clearly there are aspects of what we do that could be translated into altering how what happens within, uh, you know, a healthcare situation. But there are things we do that really need to be in the informal uh, environment that we have, uh, you know, sort of built for ourselves. Uh, someone recently asked me, are you a medical home? And, you know, I was thinking about that and thinking, well, I'm sure some people use us that way, although that was, that's not our intention. However, um, what did occur to me is what we are is the porch to a medical home. We are the welcoming and inviting sort of come in, sit down, and let's just chat a spell. That's what you can do on the, on the van. Okay. Well, I think for our listeners, Ben, we, we need to define two things. We need to define medical home, which I presume means a sort of a, a central place, a central physician coordinating somebody's the entirety of someone's medical care. Is that fair? Correct. Um, you know, uh, and to be quite honest, I'm not. I I, I don't actually have a sort of the a uh, the formal working definition. I mean, sort of the concept is, as you say, a way. You know, a, a team or a group of a group of professionals that sort of. Uh, oversee your your medical care and and your health and wellness. Okay, and then more importantly, let's describe for our listeners what the family van is, and and uh, in more concrete terms than I laid out, what it does. Okay, uh, happy to. So the family van is essentially um, a thirty five foot long Winnebago. It's actually not a Winnebago now, but it was in its early years, um, and it follows a uh, set schedule driving out to six predetermined sites within uh, the Boston area. Um, we, if it's Monday, we must be in Eggleston Square. I mean, we have a schedule. Um, and um, we go to a site, we stay there for three hours, and then we move to a new site. Um, these sites were sort of built after years of working with almost everyone who would talk to us in the community, sort of collaborating with everyone to figure out what services should we provide, how should we provide it, where should we park, you know, sort of. So the program was designed by the people it serves and in collaboration with everybody else. We go to a site, open the door up, and people just come in with their whole lives. We're staffed by nurses, nutritionists, health educators, um, outreach workers, um, you know, sort of a, a, a spectrum of um, people who are knowledgeable in the healthcare system and knowledgeable about one's health and wellness, and particularly knowledgeable about our community. So, you know, part of it is you come to the van and somebody helps you navigate the system that is your system or find the resources that are in your community that you might not have known. And also understand the issues that you're bringing to the moment to help you sort of use the system more properly. So we open the door up, people come up on the van. Uh, we do a, a, quite a few uh, Screening, so we do a lot of the National Partnership for Prevention has done a lot of work looking at what are the cost-effective you know, screening uh, services. I mean, we could CAT scan everybody in the world, and that's not very cost-effective. So we actually provide the you know, known cost-effective screening services, such as uh, we test for uh, high blood pressure, diabetes, cholesterol. Uh, we do pregnancy testing and uh, HIV testing and 
um, you know, sort of services that we know are needed or problems we know exist within our community. Um, and then if, we, if someone has a problem, we refer them into the system. And since we collaborate with everyone, you know, that's, we can do that in a knowledgeable way. But what actually happens a lot is a lot of people come on with questions. You know, they have a doctor. They even have insurance. They went to see their doctor, but the doctor suggested they do something and they just didn't understand. Um, or they don't, you know, um, they have, you know, a problem that really needs to alter their lifestyle. And even though somebody might have spent a half an hour talking to them about that, how that plays out in their day-to-day existence is is just challenging for them. So they come on their van, everyone, it's like a, a roving happening, to use an expression from the 60s. Um, you know, you, everyone's sitting there, they talk with each other, they share ideas with each other. It's, um, it's like having lunch with a knowledgeable neighbor talking about what your issues are. And who also sub- celebrate your successes. I mean, I think that's an important aspect of chronic disease management is that having somebody who actually knows what you're going through and cares about it and can spend the time to have that sort of uh, conversation. Newsweek called it the meandering conversation. That's Hmm. exactly right. Is there um, some advantage over doing it this way as opposed to maybe besides the the fixed cost of doing it this way as compared to having a uh, a real office uh, with uh, some initials on the door, that sort of thing? Well, actually, that was, um, to be quite honest, that's been a question all along, why a van? And um, after 18 years, I actually do believe there is, that there is something you say when you actually go out into a person's neighborhood. There is something about the van that feels informal and therefore much less intimidating. Um, I had a patient who was extremely wary of the whole health care system, um, you know, was would sort of just was avoiding everything possible. And I met her one day when her condition required that she, you know, come come in and have a surgical procedure. And I met her, and we sort of struck up a conversation. And she made it so clear to me that even though she'd never actually stepped on the family van, she had put her head in once. And when she looked around, she realized there were no strings attached. So it felt to her like this was a resource that was going to be there for her when she needed it. And it just built a bridge of trust and confidence that she didn't have in the rest of the system. So there's something about this, you know, this, this you know, van with friendly people, knowledgeable people who come out and park at your curbside. And, you know, you've been kind of worried about whatever the issue is. And you sort of drop in. It's, it's an easy the it's an, there, were, there are no barriers. There are absolutely no barriers. It's right there. You're listening to Getting Better Healthcare on webtalkradio.net. I'm your host, Dr. Steve Feldman, speaking today with Dr. Nancy Oriel. She's Associate Professor of Anesthesia at the Harvard Medical Center and founder of their Family Van Program. You know, I get the sense as I listen to you, Dr. Oriel, that, that this issue of barriers... Uh, is is a key issue, and one might frame it as there being a cultural divide uh, between the healthcare system and the people it's meant to serve. Is that a, is that a fair statement? Well, there certainly is um, for many people. 
so um, for many people, walking into the you know formal healthcare system is extremely intimidating. I mean, I hate to say it. Last time I had to fill out forms for you know when I went into the hospital, I looked at the forms and they were so complicated. I was glad that I was a doctor because otherwise I would have thought there was something wrong with me because I just couldn't figure out how to fill them out. Mm-hmm. Now, you know, imagine if you know my sense of self was was less well established. You know, why would you put yourself in that position? The healthcare system does know this problem and is trying to address this problem. There's a whole, you know, sort of industry of plain language trying to, you know, turn what we do into, you know, the speak of the language of everyone. But by its nature, um, I had this sort of um, sort of awareness sort of came came to me the other day when I was on the van and I was sitting in uh, the front area of the van. And everybody was sitting there was just sort of chatting and smiling. You know, people got on the van and they, you know, it was like, hi, how are you doing? And uh, some of them were people had come before. And it was just you felt like you were in someone's kitchen. And then when you sit in your doctor's office, even if you really like your doctor and you really like everybody who, you know, you don't sit in the doctor's office and have that kind of conversation. It's just a different environment. And it's an environment that you would not be able to reproduce in a hospital setting. I mean, um, by the time you need to be in the hospital or, you know, in the doctor's office, you know, there, there are other things to be done other than talk about, you know, what recipe for, you know, fish did you use? So it's a different, uh, it's a different part of the healthcare system, I believe. Um, and it's not trying to replace, it's an adjunct, it's the porch, it's the welcoming porch. Uh, it's trying to help people enter the system. Now, the fact that we are so successful in reaching hard-to-reach patients says that what we're doing, we're doing very well. Um, and you know, when you, you know, whenever you read the disparities literature and it talks about all the people who um, are not being well served by the current system and how hard it is to get, you know, this group into see a doctor or you know, men don't go don't go to doctors even if they have insurance. Those are the people who come on the van, and they come on the van because the uh, whole dynamic of the way we interact on the van is just different, um, and therefore I think is a useful adjunct to the system. It's a good portal of entry. Now there are many vans that are actually go to you know rural areas and isolated areas, um, so you know, and, and that's obviously where being mobile is, is an asset. But there's just a uh, way of sort of um, reaching out to people that's different, that makes it effective, and we know cost-effective on top of it. So not only do we do it well, but we do it uh, inexpensively. What I hear you saying is that what you're almost doing is parking the van in front of the hospital and reaching out to people who could (laughs) walk across the street but who wouldn't because they're intimidated. Uh, to some extent, but exactly. Um, and you know, it, it would be easy to say, well, if you, uh, you know, it's right there, it's your problem, you know, you can lead a horse to water and all that. But the fact is we all suffer when, you know, major parts of the population are not well served. It doesn't do us, you know, to sort of um, to be holier than thou about it doesn't do anyone any good. Um, and there are aspects of the system that, in fact, are intimidating, um, and there are aspects of the system that are, are just hard to even know how to navigate. Uh, obviously, the issue of insurance is a big deal. If you don't have insurance, you're not 
going to uh, you're not going to want to use the system until you are absolutely desperate, and then you go to the emergency room because either the the illness is that emergent or your fear is that emergent. But the outcome is that you go to the emergency room when uh, an earlier, less expensive uh, intervention would have been better. So, you know, in addition to being less expensive, we actually, you know, help, uh, you know, sort of uh, prevent unnecessary emergency room visits, which also serves us all because who, you know, how many of us have been to the emergency room and it's crowded with people who don't actually need to be there? You know, had there been another alternative for many of them, um, it would have served us all well. Yes. You know, when you were describing who among the providers are typically on this van, I I don't remember hearing the word doctor. Um, It sounds like maybe it's valuable not to have a doctor there for the purposes of minimizing the barrier, the cultural barriers that are in play. Well, we certainly have had doctors on the van, but when they're on the van, they're not doctoring. Um, They are being the knowledgeable neighbor that any of us can be. Um, I've been on the van, so we don't show up on the van with our white coats and stethoscopes. We show up on the van ready to talk with people and engage them. Um, We've had doctors on the van at various times. We have actually, uh, but that's not the core at all of what it's about. The core is... um, people who are knowledgeable in the whole spectrum of health and social services and the way it impacts your life and your community and the community that you're in right now. The family van seems like a great model for the rest of medicine to learn from. Do you think um, expanding the medical van program is the is the long-term solution to problems in our healthcare system, or is there something else we ought to be doing? So I think the answer is both. I think we should expand the uh, um, mobile clinic system. As I said, there are 2,000 mobile clinics now. And what's fascinating is the mobile clinics that are out there now are, you know, sort of things like uh, the Ronald McDonald House Charities, um, uh, March of Dimes, you know, these organizations that have been serving the public in many ways for a long time. So they have a finger on the pulse of what the public needs and wants. And so it's not surprising that they have been investing in mobile clinics for quite a long time. So mobile clinics, I think, are an important um, adjunct to the healthcare system. Um, and especially given the cost effectiveness, I mean, if you, you know, if you think about um, all the prevention we're trying to provide and, um, you know, sort of the education that people need and the chronic disease management, those things are done very effectively in a mobile clinic. And then, in addition, I think there are things we are learning in the mobile clinic about um, how people understand their health and wellness and uh, putting together, you know, uh, in some ways how to approach people so that they can take better care of themselves. I mean, as I said, one of the most important, you know, uh, services we provide is sort of supporting people in their chronic disease management. And, you know, what, what an easier thing to do if you've got, you know, diabetes or hypertension, but to, you know, drop down at the van at the corner, you know, have an update, see how you're doing, talk about it with someone, and then have knowledge, you know, information of how you're doing in between that you can take back to your doctor when you go to see them. Um, early on in the uh, life of the family van, uh, one of my classmates is a solo practitioner in Boston, um, 
and we had sort of lost uh, contact with each other, and he was doing his thing, and I was doing mine. Mm -hmm. And um, I, I met him in the hallway and mentioned something about the family band. What turns out, he had been telling his patients that between visits with him to go to the family band and have their blood pressure checked so that when they came back to see him, he, they would show up, because when they come to see us, we have, make out a little form that says their blood pressure. They would show up with their little, you know, the, the cards that we were... Uh, making that had all the person's blood pressures, all the in-between times between visits with, you know, the, the doctor. And that was very helpful to him. Um, I recently at the World Healthcare Congress heard the CEO of Jocelyn talk about the fact that having people with diabetes be monitored, monitored in less acute uh, environments than the doctor's office in between their visits to, you know, uh, visits to their, their primary doctor was very helpful in people um, thinking about and improving um, how they take care of themselves. Yes, well, I, I understand some of the the things that you measure in a doctor's office will change because you're measuring them. People's blood pressure going up because of the the, the stress of of going to such an in, intensive place as a doctor's office, or on the other extreme, people taking their medicines only because they're seeing their doctor right. and not doing it in between. Absolutely, and we certainly see that, and that's the kind of conversation they can have with us on the van. Um, it's a very common thing. People come on the van and say things like, well, I didn't tell my doctor I do this, but this is what I really do. Mm -hmm. And somebody needs to have that conversation with that person to help them think through, well, what's, what's the outcome if that's what you do? Yeah. One um, of my colleagues was just saying he, he wants to put up a sign in his waiting room saying something like, please don't lie to me. <laughs> exactly. Well, they don't lie to us on the van, ever. And that's, I think that says a lot about the relationship we have been able to develop. Now, does insurance cover the cost of the van like it would other medical settings? So not our van. Uh, again, uh, an important part of our model is that we allow people to come on the van and remain anonymous if they want to. Mm -hmm. So there is no barrier to coming to see us. Wow. Um, and uh, there's no way to have a you know insurance-based system if you are anonymous. So we've been uh, you know uh, supported all these years. The generosity of just an amazing number of individuals and foundations who understand the value of what we're doing and have supported us in doing it. Well, it sounds like maybe our healthcare system would do well to consider funding this for the value it provides for prevention. I certainly think so. I thought you might. Well, uh, in our last few moments, Dr. Royal, um, please share with listeners your thoughts on how they can have better health care or a better health care system. Oh, that's a lot uh, for uh, the last few minutes. Yeah. Um, have better health. Ooh, I guess be honest with yourself. If, if, if there were one, one word, sort of um, look at what you do and think about the implications of it and then ask questions. Um, people come on the van all the time and say, well, I didn't want to bother my doctor with this, but, and, you know, they should have bothered their doctor with it. Um, and if not, they should come to the van, and we're happy to tell them, you know, this is something you need to go to your doctor about. So taking care of your health, you know, it really is about prevention and wellness. It's also about being connected, and which is another, I guess, of my final word. The family van is a family. And when you get on the van, you instantaneously see the connections between 
the people in the van and the, the staff, it's just one big connected family. We now know that how connected you are, how many people you feel part of, that you feel are part of your life, has a huge impact on your health, your longevity, and everything else. Well, that's what the family van does. It, it's instant connection. And I think that's a role that mobile clinics play in all of their environments, whether it's in, you know, Appalachia or, you know, out in the Midwest. All of the vans all over the country play this role. They're part of a connection with their community um, that gives the people who come to them feel like they're part of something uh, larger. And that's, I think, incredibly important to your health. Wonderful. Thank you so much for being on the show today. My pleasure. Good talking with you. Our modern medical system provides so many technological miracles. A lot of what we need to do today is to expand the access of those miracles to the general public. I mean, most people have great access, but many, many don't. Surprisingly, part of the problem is this cultural divide between patients and their physicians. I think there's you know, unfortunately, times when patients don't feel entirely comfortable speaking to their doctor. Perhaps one of the take-home messages from this show should be that we should never feel like we're bothering our doctors. If we have a question, we should ask. Uh, we should have good access to our physicians. Hopefully, over time, we'll have growing access through cell phone technology, electronic mail, perhaps other um, Measures. Who knows? Uh, many doctors are probably using Facebook pages to communicate better with their patients. I think one of the key issues is just being open and honest with your doctor. Uh, again, perhaps the cultural and technological divide makes this a scary issue, but you know, it never helps not to tell your doctor the truth. I mean, your doctor needs to know how you're actually taking your medicine. I mean, it's, it's, it's no good to tell the doctor you're taking it when you really aren't. The doctor may switch you to a medication that may be too strong or unnecessary for you. Be open and honest. Uh, you're, you're certainly not going to hurt your doctor's feelings. You're going to make it easier for your doctor to help take care of you. And, of course, that's what your doctor most wants to do. I think it's going to be interesting to see if more physicians and more health care systems take advantage of mobile clinic programs like the family van to reach out to patients. That may be something our healthcare system will do a better job of as it becomes more of a healthcare system for us. Well, that's our show for today. I hope you enjoyed it, and I hope you'll join us next time. Our theme music is by the incomparable Michael Zaioli. And until our next show, I wish you the best of health. Thanks for listening to the show today. Remember to go to DrScore.com to get and give feedback about your doctor and to read others' recommendations about doctors in your area. It's a way to choose your path to healthcare empowerment. That's D-R-S-C-O-R-E.com, DrScore.com. And we'll see you next week right here on Getting Better Healthcare.